Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Day two, be golden. I am pumped about this conversation. We have Raven Roberts in the house. Hello. She is here. Long day. <laughs> it's been a long day. Like I didn't really do much today, but it's been a long day, long week, a long everything at this point. <laughs> I feel like you do, you do do a lot, even attending these, because it's a, uh, we're at Beagle, like I said, uh, women's empowerment conference, yes. essentially. But you in these these workshops, it's a, a giving of energy and attention and it's emotional points. So. It is. It's such a good give and take, though, yeah. because the speakers are giving so much of their knowledge. You're receiving it, and then you give, whether it's a question or a comment or a feedback. Um, the last one I was in was amazing because it was kind of like a community talk back, and it yeah. was a nice, engaging conversation with everyone. You know, if someone had something to share, they could share it. If someone had a tidbit of information, they gave it. If someone had a question, they asked it, and it was a very safe space. And yeah. so I love that Be Golden gives that opportunity for these conversations to be had shout out to chelsea and sarah as yes um no it's huge and i'm gonna let her uh jump right in and talk about your story uh your why your how whatever you want to share talk about uh your initiative your company own your i am uh, i want to lean into <laughs> selfishly into the fashion side yeah uh, long term that's something i'm gonna have to re-disrupt the social media game. <laughs> i want to get into fashion so uh we'll, we'll dig into that but without further ado welcome Thank you. Tell me about you. Tell me about your journey. Anything you want to share. Okay, so I am Raven <laughs> Roberts. I am a celebrity fashion stylist by, I guess, trade. And I, I am <laughs> in New York City. Um, and I am the founder of an organization called Own Your I Am. And basically about me, I was born and raised in California, Southern California. I would say that I was born in the valley, raised by the beach, yeah. and lived in the city. So it's been, you know, a great journey to go from there. I lived in the South. Coast to coast. Yes. I lived in the South for a little bit in um, Florida, where I went to school. Shout out to FAMU. Hey. And um, moved back to LA for a stint of time. And then God took me to New York. So I've been in New York now. It'll be five years, December 2019. So I'm very excited. I love New York. I think it's an amazing city. Um, and so in May of this year, I started my organization called Own Your I Am. It deals with colorism and the social injustice that comes from it. And we empower women to own who they say they are and not what the world says about them. So if you know anything about colorism, colorism is a prejudice against skin tone, usually favoring lighter, more leaning towards like white features and um, Western standards of beauty versus um, darker features, wider nose, kinkier t hair textures, and it shows up in every community of color. So the Asian community, the Latin community, the African-American community, pretty much any community of color has an aspect of colorism in it, and it runs so deep. Most of them have started with colonialism. Um, besides India, it's actually ingrained in their religion. So it is a huge issue where you're told that you're less than, whether it's you're less beautiful, less smart, um, less capable, whatever it may be. 
um, it's always a less than aspect with people of darker skin or kinkier hair texture or wider noses or whatever. So my organization really is shedding a light on that and really trying to disrupt the social norm and say that everyone is beautiful, everyone is worthy, everyone is intelligent. And a lot of these prejudices that we put on people basically just by looking at them um, are wrong, incorrect, and need to be adjusted. Amazing. When, and so this is like, I mean, this particular in our space right now in America and the political space and all these conversations, yeah. I think if there's one positive, all <laughs> the craziness that's happening is we've made the unconscious conscious. Yes. And that's a, a major process. Yes. And we in like step two. Uh, but it, it's, it's, I mean, I voted since I was 18. Did mm -hmm. I have the consciousness then that I do now? Not even close. Of course. Of course. Uh, so I think if, if there's one positive way, it's, it's, it's cultivating these conversations and it's making them happen. Um, hence this cast and this, this conference and all these, you know, really like luxuries. Yes. Uh, cause this isn't education you can buy or sign no. up for. Mm -mm. You just sort of have to seek out the truth. And then be open-minded to hear whatever's coming in. Yes. Because a lot of it is very hard and raw. And yeah. not everybody is equipped to deal with it. You know, not everybody wants to hear that their thought process is racist. You know, mm -hmm. you're, we're not calling you a racist, but you've been taught racist tendencies. And so those need to be unlearned. And it's okay. Like, us as people of color, we know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We know yeah. that, you know, the way the school system is set up, we know the way that, you know, politics are set up or the way that the housing market is set up. So we know that it is, you know, there's privileges given and we know that from a young age, these things are taught to people. And so we can't be upset that sometimes you don't seek out the information to change your thought process. But then when you're, you know, faced with it. It, it's at that point where you have to decide, am I a racist where I'm not going to um, receive this information and change my thought process? Or am I going to take this information in and be like, okay, so there is something skewed about the way that I, I think and the way that I see the world. Let me adjust this or maybe let me open my eyes a little bit wider to see the things that are happening around me. And it takes that. Like sometimes you do have to take a step back. You may it may not happen in the first conversation and that's okay. It yeah. may be a couple conversations down the road, but we're in a time now, like you said, where everything's exposed. We yeah. can no longer say that racism doesn't exist. We can no longer say that colorism doesn't exist. We can no longer say that like, oh, there's no social injustice in the world. Like it's in our faces, especially because of social media and, you know, police videos being out there and all of these things where it's like, okay, well, we see that the police are confronting this white man with a visible weapon yeah. and they're going up to him guns not drawn and having a very just regular normal conversation with him but you see a black i've seen videos of literally black boys yeah. being approached by the police guns drawn and they're literally just playing outside and yeah. these boys are like seven how are they a threat more than this Caucasian adult male with a physical weapon in their hand, you okay. know? And you can't look at that and say, oh, well, they were being rambunctious. That's what seven-year-olds do. Like, or they're just not out the way. Not, not call it out, but not literally even acknowledge it. Just a, no, that's not a thing. Right. It's, everything's right. equal. Well, so. that's, and I think that's the easy piece of just to like deny it. And that, honestly, that goes into a whole other set of issues. Yes. Because we're all product of nurture and nature and our yes. environment. Um, so at, at some point we'll say 18 plus for lack of, you know, a better statistical yes. space. Um, when you're responsible for knowing yourself, yes. your actions, what have you, I think it should be way earlier, but, 
uh, we'll go with 18 where you should start asking questions. However, if you come from an environment where you don't have the luxury of conversations like this or people like yourself that are open-minded yeah. to, you know, educate and talk about it, because that's work too, if it we're is. honest. We, you know, it's one of those things you, to live in a world that's diverse, it comes with responsibility yeah. on both sides. You yeah. know, it comes with a responsibility for me to call out and to have tough conversations sometimes with people who don't always see what they're doing and sometimes just letting things go. you like, I had a conversation with a coworker who used the N word several times in my presence. And I was like, sir, that is not okay. Like wow. you cannot say this. And he was like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a racist. And I was like, okay. But like, you cannot yeah. say this word, whether you're a racist or not, like you cannot say this word. And like his conclusion after he pouted for a moment was, oh, I can't say it because people who don't know me will think that I'm a racist. At that point, I have no more energy to explain yeah. to you the historical reason why you can't say it. So I just said, yep, that's why you can't say it. Because I don't, I don't have the energy or the time to try to further explain to you why it's inappropriate for you to use the word. So if that is your thought process as to why you can't use the word, as long as you don't use it, I'm going to, yeah, mm -hmm, sure. Well, I think it comes down, and I, <laughs> that's still, I mean, it's still an awakening that this happens in 2019. Yes. And clearly we see it on TV and social and all that, it's happening, and it's real. Yeah. Um, as a comm major, I think so much of it comes down to communication and mm. misunderstanding. Then you can get into the whole nurture and nature and just being insecure about being yeah. uncomfortable in general. Uh, but getting into words, and I appreciate you taking the time. Well, I champion your patience in general. <laughs> but I appreciate you taking the time to get into even colorism. I'm pretty in the mix of things. Tons of business marketing. Yeah. Very diverse background uh, as far as business and all kinds of projects and people. Mm -hmm. uh, I had not turned the, heard the term colorism until yeah. I was looking through your social media. And I was kind of blown, blown away. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like basking my own ignorance right now. Like, how is this something I haven't heard yet? And I put forth conscious effort to be as yeah. aware as possible. Um, so I think even that, like taking a step back and mm -hmm. before we get into any assumptions by either side is saying, here's what this means. Here's, yes. here's where I'm coming in. And then it's like, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I'm actually on the same side as you. I get what you're saying. And I yeah. acknowledge it. So I think people, um, I watched, uh, and I would love to hear how you feel this, Chelsea Handler's um, Hello White Privilege, it's me, Chelsea. Yes. Did you watch it? I have not seen it yet. It is on my list, on my Netflix queue of like my list of things to watch. And I think that it's amazing that she goes and seeks out the information and yeah. she goes into the communities. Because from the preview that I saw that she's talking to people of color, especially in the African-American community to say like, okay, I have privilege. I'm acknowledging the privilege that I have. I see that there's an injustice in the world. How can we now, how can I help you with the privilege that I have? And what can I do about the privilege that I have? And going to other white people and saying, look, we have a privilege. And that's something that we have to acknowledge. And us is like, with you to acknowledge it is not saying that like black people don't know. Black people know that there's white privilege. Yeah. And so for you to dismiss it, is in a sense saying that what you're saying is you're lying. Yeah. And so it's like, acknowledge it, own it. It's okay. Everyone struggles. We get that. But the struggles are different. Yeah. There is a, there's not a level playing field for everyone. And when you're, say like you're on the grass and someone else is in like a six foot grave, not saying that you're not struggling on the grass, but this person has to get out of the six foot grave to even just get on the grass. Mm -hmm. So that is what we're saying, that there are systems in our 
political and educational and pretty much every system of our government and our um, society that is set up to make sure that there is not a level playing field for people. And it could be in equality of pay. And that even shows up in colorism. So black women get paid less than white women and then dark-skinned women get paid less than light-skinned women. So it's like, you can say that like, oh, we're fighting for equality because women only get paid such and such on a dollar. It's like, okay, but that also goes down every single race that we have. You know, the only person who makes more than a white man is an Asian man. So oh, I didn't even know that. Michelle Williams was just on uh, Emmys, or, yeah, Emmys. And she said that. She literally yeah. was, I can't remember. I think it was like uh, black women get 32 cents on the dollar for every dollar that a white man makes or something yes. like that. Don't quote me on that. Or something close. Yeah. Um, so that conscious conversation is, is happening. What I was going to say about Chelsea specifically, I mean, mm-hmm. it, they get pretty aggressive. Um, and by they, I mean everyone in the movie gets aggressive with her about it. And I yeah. understand all angles, the passion, the anger, everything. Um, what I wish they would have done different is explain what white supremacy is to to her version of as she's interviewing people. Yeah. Because she goes to like Oktoberfest, which is <laughs> Whiteville. Yes. And she, <laughs> and she asks them, she's like, or white privilege, I'm sorry, not supremacy. And she talks about white privilege. And you could see these people, um, and I'm careful with my description, I should say, you, the audience of yes. the Oktoberfest, uh, not, they have to think about it. They're like, yeah. white privilege, well, that must mean white people have an advantage, which that is what it means. But yes. I think they needed to build more of the context of like, and it was an education opportunity of like, let's just broaden their minds. We're not going to change what they think. Yes. And that's fine. But this is no conversation. They came to the mic. They had something to say. There's a, there's an opportunity there to just shift the, not just tell me what you think white privilege is. Most of them didn't they have, have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is a luxury. Like I am fortunate to have gone to George Mason university, which is mm-hmm. technically the most diverse school in the country. Yeah. And I went there for lacrosse. So I had no idea, but I was naturally in these conversations. I've been exposed. Like these are all, luxury pieces most yeah. people live in their house they grow to their high school and they buy a house in that same so their their environment doesn't change yeah it's very um, bubble right and yes. and so that's why i wish you know these very like pop icon opportunities which if she's just monetizing those angles fine i actually yeah. don't think that she is but uh it still creates the conversation we're talking about it now it, it creates a conversation i think it's hard because i don't know at what point or the extent in which Chelsea's educated on the full extent of what white privilege is. So like when you're not fully educated on things, because I had a conversation with this white guy um, and he was just talking about how he didn't understand like his brother being so supportive of Trump. And I was like, I I understand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's from the Midwest. He has never been faced with anything that a person of color would be faced with. So of course he supports this man. Like it's, but to me, it was a no brainer, but for him, he was just like, I just don't get it. Like he's college educated. I said, that has nothing to do with it, you know? And so it takes those things where you think something's very simple and you think it's just one plus one is two. And so when you haven't realized it, like it's more of an like algebra, crazy algebra problem versus just like a simple arithmetic, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, yeah, like there's white privilege and then this is what it looks like. And then it equals this. And then it's like, no, 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 no. It's actually, there's the white privilege part. And then there's like the social injustice part. And then there's the like system of, you know, the judicial system or whatever. And like actually showing examples of being like, okay, yes, like you're here, but like 
you're struggling here, but black people start here. And for them not, like, if you don't give them that visual sometimes, they don't really understand what white privilege is. They'll just think, like, well, I don't have any privileges because I struggled. And it's not about people struggling, but it's about, okay, so where were you set up? You know, like, did you have textbooks that you could take home in school? Did you have um, historical figures that were accurate to you? Did you have history that was told about you that was accurate? Those are things that are not, like, those are small examples of white privilege, you know, that people don't even think about and that are not even really given, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are opportunities to be like, okay, so, yes, there is white privilege. Let's talk about conversation. textbook. Right, but that conversation doesn't even happen. So, I think, again, God bless the people who have the patience to go through that, because that's where I do think social change really does happen, in those small conversations, slowly but surely. not, I mean, even that conversation has happened. I think the second, even the most irrational human, the second you start to talk about it a little bit more, yeah. you can like throw a crack through the window or rock through the window and a little ray of light comes out and yes. it will slowly start the conversation. Even if you can walk out of that conversation being like, I think I might've just made them think about this conversation again later. Yes. If you can do that, that's huge. And like I said, it doesn't always happen in the first conversation. Right. It's about planting seeds. You know, like you sometimes will have a breakthrough in the first conversation. Other times you won't. But like you said, that crack will happen. That seed will be planted. And if they have another conversation, they'll remember something from your conversation and be like, oh, well, yeah, Raven talked about something similar. And now I'm getting another example of it. And then maybe in that third or fourth or fifth conversation of examples, they're like, whoa, okay. So like I can no longer ignore this or okay, so what Raven told me a year ago was actually accurate and like, oh my gosh. And there's times people come back and want to have conversations with you because they're like, oh, okay. So I had like a bunch of conversations with people and then I realized like it sparked from your conversation. So like, let can we talk about this some more? And then that helps you because people are curious, you know, like it's, it's okay to be curious about things and it's okay to ask questions and to talk about them because at the end of the day, you don't know and that's okay like no one is saying that you have to know every single social injustice thing happening in america or in the world like no one is saying that it's just once you're faced with it now it's like okay so i'm kind of understanding let's dig a little bit deeper let's figure out where this is really going and how i can now call out these things in my life and maybe it's your friend saying a racist comment or you know they're hiring practices at their job they're not hiring black people or asian people or whatever like whatever the case may be being like okay so you said there's only one white dude or one black dude at your job like why is that right. you know like what's going on with that and you guys have like 40 employees like yeah. why is there it's one percent black right you know so right. it sparks other conversations and i think that's what helps the social change like it's not going to be you know of course it's going to be policies and all of these other things but on the ground like you said the nurture versus nature we have to get into these nurture conversations because kids are not born racist right kids you see the videos all the time the little my favorite one was like the little white boy who was like i have to get the same haircut as my best friend (laughs) because the teacher won't tell us apart and like his best friend was black and i was like this is adorable you know like but these animals, man. <laughs> they have no clue. Or yeah. the little, like I saw a video of this little white girl, she wanted a black baby doll. Yeah. And literally the cashier was like questioning her. What? And I was like, and the mother had to step in and was like, no, 
this is the doll that she wants and this wow. is the doll we're going to get. Wow. And it's like, it's not our job to burst the bubble of these kids and make them see the things that we see, yeah. you know, as far as like injustices, like, or not injustices, but to be racist. Yeah. Like we have to let them love on people and to see people for who they really are and not see skin color as like a deterrent yeah. or hair texture of being like, Oh, this is different. I don't like you. Da, da, da. Like, Oh no, no, no. Like her hair is beautiful. Or like his skin is so amazing. Or we look the same and yeah. you clearly do not like, you know, as adults, we know that they don't look alike, but the fact that he, in his mind, he's just like a haircut is what is going to make them look identical yeah. to the point where they can't even be told, told apart. I was just like the wonderment and the innocence of this little boy and his friend. I was like, we should have this, yeah. you know, and this is what our country should be built on in our world to be like, everyone is equal. We are all seeing the same. Yeah. And that's well, it. I really do think there is such power, you know, amongst our young people. And, you know, like I said, I, I didn't grow up with social media, so I wasn't yeah. ex- exposed to what people that are, you know, 15 to 19 or whatever now, yeah. um, for better or for worse. Um, and I... And this is why I'm so passionate about the business side. It's not about making a million dollars or what have you, but hailing from the marketing space. Yeah. And you see these messages that literally define our realities. You know, mm-hmm. you see hair commercials or yes. fashion commercials or cigarettes when it was back in the day. Everyone's smoking. It's cool. Yeah. The power in marketing. Forget about selling, like I said, goods and stuff. That's, you know, basic stuff. Yeah. Then we get into, like, what really influencer marketing is yeah. uh, and how powerful that is. One, it's scary because you have the wrong people saying the wrong things. Two, it's incredibly awesome because you can see anyone now can have a voice. Yes. And you partner with the right company that does have the budget and the right beliefs. And you can, like, project a message that you could never do before. Yes. Uh, Massive responsibility with that. And then massive uh, responsibility in the audience to help educate fellow audience members on what you're seeing. Is this real? Can we question a better way? Um, Can we disrupt the noise of, you know, because big business, they still have their, you know, OG friends where they're, I mean, look at our political space. We have friends and friends and internationally, like it's much larger of a conversation than we even know on the business side. Uh, Have you seen The Great Hack on Netflix by chance? I haven't. You need to watch it. It's influencer marketing is child's play. Yes. Uh, It talks about, you know, political situations, uh, working alongside Facebook and digital infiltration of our minds. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes uh, international, it gets countries, they do um, nonprofit initiatives, but they basically wow. manipulate our ability to choose, even as, a, yes. a, as an adult, a conscious yes. adult. Um, so what we're, I think right now, like the conversations around uh, equality, gender, race, it's huge. I think a, a major conversation alongside that is where is the digital impact? Like, At what point are we taking in all these messages we're in front of yeah. our phones? And what messages are they taking in from us? Yeah. Um, so I, I think the conversations are so critical to have in person Mm -hmm. and we have to know and be acknowledged that there is this larger force that even being a conscious human, we're being infiltrated with messages 24 seven, 365. Of course. Like our phones are literally attached to our hands. And like, I know for me, I'm constantly scrolling through Instagram and all of these things. And you literally search one thing and then you have a thousand ads, Mm -hmm. whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that have to do with that one thing that you searched. And it's one of those things where now, thankfully, because of social media, people get called out yeah. on the things that they're doing so much quicker now than they would before. Yeah. So when you have, you know, the Gucci scandal with the blackface sweater, you know, yeah. that was a huge misstep. You know, yeah. they're a 
And I think sometimes international companies try to play the dumb card. We didn't know. Like, this was a thing. And Do you think just they think like, just Americans are dumb? <laughs> no, I just think that they they don't acknowledge their own racism. Okay. So they're just like, we're not racist. Yeah. This isn't a racist thing. Like, we had no clue that this was a racist thing in America. And it's like, blackface, I don't believe, was just an American thing. Like, right. America dictates culture worldwide so you can't say that you've never seen blackface that you've never known that it existed and the fact that you would take it and think that it was okay to put it on a sweater you know and be like oh we didn't know this was offensive because that's what they said they never said they never saw blackface did they see megan kelly get fired like some of these like figures that are on tv every single day (laughs) and it's like it's it's too late to be like there's so many companies that are doing this and at this point a lot of black people are like so are you doing this to get the publicity right well then that's that's how crazy our marketing space is it's so insane i don't know if it's desperate or strategic or what have you but again i go back to our young people and i see when you're young you share airbnb you share ubers you do i mean your world is just without being strategic in it you are just commingled yeah and then then you build relationships and you're like well i don't know if i'm you know i'm not a racist but all my friends are this this, isn't like there's yeah then we can shape the thoughts a little bit more but they're so open-minded um 20 years from now i don't think you'll have big brands making those kind of maneuvers whether it's strategic or not I'm, I'm hoping that not. we don't. It's, it's hard to say because as a black person in 2019, we would think that in 2019 we wouldn't be making these mistakes. Yeah. And so for me, I constantly am thought, I'm thinking about like my children and I'm just yeah. like, you know, thinking about how they're going to navigate the world. And I was like, I would love for the world to be a better place when they're old enough to navigate it on their own. But so did my mom. Yeah. You know, and so did her mom. And so we try to think that, like, racism is so far removed and, like, all of these things where my mom rode a segregated bus and had to drink from a colored water fountain. Like, this is not something that was, like, my great-grandmother. Right. My mother in Atlanta had to do this. Wow. So it's one of those things where a lot of people were like, well, that was so long ago. And it was like, it really wasn't. And we're still seeing the effects of it. And it would be great if we could see that the country is making, you know, initiatives as the driving force to make sure that we're inclusive. Unfortunately, the president we have is not trying to do that. So it's very hard to get behind as far as companies because they don't have to be really held accountable. Right. Because our government isn't held accountable. Right. You know, where we see very few, literally maybe one out of every... 20, I think, maybe, police officers who are actually getting, you know, sentenced for the crimes that they're committing. And then this last woman, she's literally getting, like, like, condolenced or, like, consoled as she's being sentenced. Ma'am, you just killed a man. And this woman is, like, stroking your hair. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes this thing of just, like, white people are so fragile and they can't handle harsh sentencing in prison or even being sentenced period you know we saw it with the guy who raped the woman in california he got like three months i'm like what yeah this is insane and then there was a guy a black dude in like upstate new york who literally had a similar crime they both should have went to jail he got years yeah and it's like you can't say like oh this is going to be too harsh for him was it too harsh for him to rape this woman behind a dumpster yeah 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I don't care what swim team he's on. Like, he right. needs to go to jail for the crime that he committed. And it's sad as women, period, white, black, or whatever, that the crimes against us are not always held accountable. And yeah. we're seen to have to prove that these things happen to us versus being seen as the victim. Right. So it's one of those things that, like, once our government and our systems start to treat people who are, whether it's based on their gender or their race, as though they are equal and that what their, their stories that they are saying are valid, then we can't say that, like, oh, this is going to be different because the companies are making it different. Companies are striving. I just had a conversation with this. Um, we just did a panel on colorism in the fashion and beauty industry. And so people are being very diverse, but black people are literally sitting back thinking, is this a trend? Oh, that's so, what I say on the business side. They will monetize. There's anything. No, well, there's, yeah, there's no rules really in business. No. And I don't want to copy your flow, but I, it's overwhelming to be like, okay, as a white female in the business world and, you know, hypothetically having a family someday and worry about my kids, yeah. the kid will think, it, we got political, we got equality, we've got race, we've got gender, all these so things. Many things. It's, it's so many things. And then um, things around the LGBTQ community. And I mean, it's a lot. And it's, I, I do carry guilt being like, how do I, like, tell me everything now. Yeah. And so far, but then I pull back and I'm like, okay, well, I know business, money runs the world, whether we like it yes. or not. And I, and I see the heavy ties between Johnson and Johnson and uh, opiate addiction and, yeah. and you know friends of friends of lobbyists and you you're a fool to think these strategic partnerships do not exist. Yes, and I do that on the very basic level compared to that. However, you take away the piece of fuel there, and that's the money. So if nothing else, if everything's overwhelming and you can only get so much personal, worldly education in, mm -hmm. I think if, at very minimum you pull back and you're conscious of how you spend your dollar yes. in in companies that are doing the right thing as much. And it's hard to find the truth in this. Yeah. Um, and that's literally what I do is seek out companies that are, you know, fitting for my voice and my piece. And it's still hard when I do that. So yeah. as someone not knowing, I know it's hard, but if you can pull back and spend your money and time and energy on things that do matter, if you can do nothing else, I really believe long-term, yeah. you take away the funding, companies start listening. They do. Like you really have to put your money into initiatives that are genuine. Yeah. Like it is when you speak about like, think about I didn't really, I wasn't exposed to, like, gay pride when I was in L.A. I don't know. Like, I knew, like, of course, they have West Hollywood, so I was there. But, like, the pride parade and all of that. Like, I never went to the pride parade. I didn't even know when it was or anything. When I moved to New York, one of my very first assignments was styling the cover of the Pride Guide. So I was like, oh, this is, like, a thing. This is amazing. Yeah. Like, yes, I want to come to the event. Oh, there's, like, a parade and, like, all this stuff. I was like, this is amazing. Then, like, the next year, I was like, why are there rainbow flags everywhere? <laughs> like, it was like companies were literally just like, oh, you're gay? We want to put rainbows everywhere That's, on yeah. everything. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Yes. Like, I was like, I don't think gay people was like, put a rainbow flag on everything. Like, <laughs> and it's literally like, that's all of the month of Ju June. You see rainbow flags everywhere. They want to show you 15 t-shirts with rainbow flags on it at the Gap. Then you go to H&M, they have another 15. And I'm just like... When money, did this money, become money. so crazy? You know, like, and yeah. it's about celebrating the community, but I don't see that happening in the companies. I just see them just putting flags on stuff and being like, we support gays in June. Because you don't see that any other time. It's right. literally just like, we're going to put this flag on everything in June, and then come July 1st, they're like, okay, cut that. Like, next next, next, next season. Like, well, and, and that's so different in influencer marketing, where it's like, 
I'm an influencer, I'm trying to monetize my Instagram or whatever, and you maybe don't drink Sprite. Well, they're hollering with a $50,000 check. Guess what you drink? Sprite. Right. Yeah, so, and, that's, and that conversation is, and that lack of awareness yeah. from influencer, what they don't get is the more you delete your space and, and lose your voice and credibility, your audience will fade away and you will yeah. never get them back. Yeah. Uh, that's trial and error and learning process and good luck to everyone that, that plays that way. Yeah. However, again, you pull back or audience holds you accountable or you quit shopping at the gap because you see that. Yeah. Uh, fine. On the flip side, just to pay devil's advocate, even though their intentions aren't pure, it creates conversation. It does. And if you're in New York and LA and you aren't at Pride and you are not fully aware, I guarantee you Midwest has no idea. Yeah. Um. So if nothing else, again, we're creating conversation and then hopefully leads or influencers or people like, you come out and be like, oh, okay, well, we're glad this is happening or whatever. Yeah. But this is what it really means. And this yes. is what, you know, gay pride is. I went and this is what white privilege is and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think there's two sides. I, I obviously, like you hope at some point that fades away. And yeah. Our, our kids' kids aren't having this conversation. I think it'd be more about I just want things to be genuine. You yeah. know, like when you see the ads and you see, you know, the, the gay couple in it or the black couple. Like I love seeing ads now that have... A black family in it. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, it's great. Like, but most ads have, like, if there's a black person in it, their significant other is white. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. Everyone's diverse. It's amazing. But I said, black children also need to see black families. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to show white people that there's a black family on TV. Like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to do that in an ad for, like, Bank of America or whatever. Like, but companies are just like, well, I'm going to be diverse. So we're going to, like, put this person with this other person. And boom, we're diverse. And it's like, <laughs> that is. But, like, can we show some, like, black love, too? Because that's also being diverse. Right. Or, you know, like, because they show an Asian family. They'll show a Latin family. But, like, you, I rarely see black families in commercials. And I'm just like, anytime I see it, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this company yeah. is, like, really getting it. And I think... That goes the same thing for, like, if you are in October and there's a commercial playing and there's a gay couple in it. You know, like, this means that this company cares about showing this diverse representation, not just in June, but also in October, in December, in January. And it's like, okay, so this person sees me. They see what I'm about. They understand my life and know that, you know, it needs to be represented. So that's a company that I want to support. And a lot of these, companies I'm hoping that they're genuine and once diversity I don't know fades away I just can't be fade away like I don't you know trends fade but like once it isn't on the tongues of everyone's mouth like I think that's only going to happen when it just becomes natural to people to be diverse and it is hard you know because the rooms that are making these decisions are not diverse right so like you can't be diverse in casting and things like that if your boardroom is all white or like and they're funded making... by a white company product and it, like i mean usually it's such deep roots of partnerships yes. even really great people and great companies are their hands are tied yeah. because you have to make certain moves and i've always said this because the, the political thing i've never been a political human um, until recently where I'm just trying to learn as much as possible, yeah. particularly being a female and all these reproductive rights. I think are crazy, uh, whole other podcast. Um, but to pull back and really know that the compromises that every president has had to make, including Obama, oh my of gosh. you have to 
and at any point you can be critical on any of them, you know that they've probably compromised. You know they have compromised. Yeah. In some deep capacity for funding, even when they say they haven't, I guarantee you they have. No, they definitely have. The only person who's who's not compromised, um, he's had to because he's thrown tantrums, is our current president. Because yeah. he, if he does not get his way, the government is shut down for 30 days. And it's like, people yeah. need to work. Like, I don't, you cannot throw a tantrum because they don't want to fund your wall. Yeah. Like, that's just part of being the president. And he just, he thinks it's <laughs> I can't believe that's a real cover. Like, you say it, it out loud and I can't believe, like, tweeting. Like, it just, regardless of what side you sit on and you agree or disagree with what we're saying or talking about, it's unbelievable to think a high schooler could behave in such a fashion. Or even a middle schooler. Like, my parents would never have allowed me to Ever. speak as such, regardless of politics. Forget about all that. Just as a human being. Just a per- like a, yeah. You will not allow your five-year-old to ha- have a tantrum. Yeah. Why are you allowing this man? Yeah. You know, because that's, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Like, yeah. when the government shut down because of Obama, it was because he wanted health care for the people. Not because he wanted to find some random wall that he thinks is going to keep people out. Like, yeah. it is insane the things that we're now, you know, polar opposites on and the things that we have to argue about when there's like real things happening, like yeah. who cares about this wall? Like, no, this isn't a thing. This isn't going to happen. Mexico's not paying for it. We're not paying for it. Move on. Yeah. Let's talk about real issues in this country that we need to address. You know, yeah. things that have been, you know, laws that are in place that need to be abolished or whatever, like injustices that are happening, like the things and the narratives that people put in place about, immigrants coming into this country are just just not true yeah and so it becomes a scare tactic of like oh my gosh they're gonna come and i'm like do you understand that like my friend was an accountant in brazil she came here and had to be a nanny like she's not over here like this is what our country does to immigrants like they can't take the job that they had over here and use those skills i'm like numbers are numbers i'm confused teacher just how to what our numbers mean in our taxes. Like, I, how can she not be accounted? Right. You know, but it's one of those things where that's what our country does. Like, once I found out the process to get a green card, I was like, oh, I could oh, be a citizen. I, well, yeah, I couldn't pass the test. Like, what you need to know about America, like, I'll be the first. I didn't pay attention. All I cared about was sports, getting out, getting into college. <laughs> so I wasn't a great student. I care more now, but I didn't really, I mean, I got the test done, whatever. But seeing even a little bit of what you really need to know, we, 98% of America would not be able to pass that test. No, it's, it's crazy from the test to the lawyer fees that you have to pay yeah. to get, like, your paperwork done. Like, the amount of things that you have to put together. Like, a friend of mine, I basically, like, I had to vouch for him for, like, he was like, I judge this fashion show. Can you, like, just sign off and say that, like, I judge this fashion show? And I was like, yeah, because you judge the fashion show that I had. And... I was like, but, but you're an actor. Why does that matter? Hmm. And he was like, well, it's one of the things on the list. And I'm like, but well, certainly, like, you've been working here for, like, five years. Yeah. Like, I don't like, why does this fashion show even matter? Yeah. You know? Like, you literally have been working here. Like, I don't know. It's like, right, you have, right. like, your IMDB is crazy. Right. Like, why do they care about this little fashion show? He was like, I don't know. But it's probably an old school system that hasn't evolved. Like, we, get, we have old policies. We have old measurables. We have, like, these things that our generation isn't aware because it really wasn't a conversation. Yeah. And now you see even, I mean, the, the thought of Roe uh, versus Wade being overthrown. Or like, these are some, cra- this, like, yeah. that is 
at the forefront of conversation. Like yeah. that can happen in 2019. Someone could come in and tell us what we can and can't do with our bodies. Yeah. Like that blows my mind. It's crazy. It's, it is. And so leaning onto the positive side, cause we could get, yes. you we know, cardio space. Yeah. Yeah. Hearts <laughs> at 180. Um, on the positive side, getting back to our kiddos and, uh, the overwhelming responsibility around social media and yet mm-hmm. the positive piece of, okay, I'm dialed into my message. I'm yes. dialed into my heart. I'm dialed into my passion. How do I further highlight, um, my voice through my organization, through fashion and styling celebrities yeah. or what have you. Um, how do you feel about our young people and how is that responsibility to you as a quote unquote influencer? Um, how big is that of a thought in your mind as you post and you put your voice out there? Um, I think it's a big part of who I am. Um, I regularly have a lot of like, cause I look at people who follow me. Like anytime someone follows me, I go to their page and I have a lot of married men that follow me, which I was like, this is really weird. Like, I don't, I'm like, Judge I'm like, accordingly. you know, like, I'm like, I am a single woman. Like, why are these married men like following me? But I, like, my pictures are very wholesome. So it's yeah. not like I'm out here in like bikinis or anything like that. But I had a married man like talk to me and he was just like, I follow you because I can show my daughter you, ah, so you know, you know? Okay, and so okay. I was just like, it's, you just, you never know who's watching you. And he's like, you're such an amazing representation yeah. that I would definitely like encourage my daughter to follow you. Like you're amazing. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, what is happening? Here comes responsibility. You know, like, I'm like, I was like, let me watch what I post. But like, I don't, you know, so it's one of those things that I think that, us as adults and understanding what we went through as children and what we went through as young adults and as teenagers and all of these things, we have a responsibility to talk to those younger selves of ours, you know what I'm saying, that are coming up behind us to let them know that like, you can do the things that I'm doing. You can look the way that I look, you can feel the way that I feel and like showing them positive representation in a way that people understand. Like I talk a lot about social injustice on my page, but I talk about it. I feel in a way that, is not condemning. It's not a way of being like, this is wrong. Um, I talk about a lot of like colorism issues that I've had in the past and just, you know, talking about how I felt and people being like, this really touched me because I went through this, Mm -hmm. you know? And those are the responsibilities that we have as influencers is to share our stories. My friend, she was, she shares her story about being raped and it helped a lot of women, you know? And she's like, this is a part of who I am. She's like, it took me a very long time to own that. She's like, but if I share my story and it even helps one woman, Mm -hmm. that's all that matters. And I think at the core of it, when you do feel that way, if I can share something about colorism, how it affected me, how it affected my self-esteem and how I overcame it. And only one, like one woman is like, this really helps me. I've done my job. Yeah. Like it does not matter about anyone else. Like if that one person is affected, that's great. You know? And I think we have a responsibility to share these stories and not to be this just, you know, Stepford wife on social media because people have real issues and people have things that they're going through and they need someone to look to and be like, Oh, well this person went through that and they're thriving or this person went through this and they overcame it and they still may deal with it on certain days and that's okay because every day is not going to be perfect every day you're like there's days that I'm like oh I should not feel pretty today this is not a thing that I am feeling and it's okay you know because it's a daily thing that you kind of have to like 
feed into. And then I go back to my, like, okay, so affirmation time. Let's yeah. do it. Like, get out of this mind space because we're not taking this into the afternoon, you yeah. know? So it's, if you talk about it and you're real about it, people understand that it's not like, I'm beautiful. Okay, I'm great. Like, And then yeah. it's like, you're be- you think that you're beautiful forever or that you think whatever. Like, you're not healed from trauma in a second. Right. And so you have to show that. And you have to show people like, look, today's not a good day and it's okay or you know yesterday wasn't a good day but today is amazing and I overcame it by this or whatever it might be and people resonate with that people feel it and they love it and then for me when I go out in public especially when I see little kids with natural hair especially and they see me and their face lights up that makes me feel good because now I'm a visual like in-person representation of I can be an adult and my hair can look like this and she's beautiful, she's strong, and her hair is like this. So I feel confident with my hair. So it's one of those things that we just have to continually represent, whether it's on social media or in person. Well, and I think I think people, whether your intention is to be impactful or not, yeah. just that consciousness and awareness of knowing that one little action, showing up the way you do, the way you look, the way you think, the way you speak, is impacting, that could change away a person's trajectory forever. Yeah. I mean, if you think about moments in your life where it's one mentor or one person or one guy or one, you talked about your mom in the um, uh, workshop prior and yeah. she, you know, put people of color in your world. So you saw that. If you see how these little things matter outside of influencing and monetizing and all this, you can, it, it, it's a little bit overwhelming to know like your actions can be misunderstood at all yeah. times. However, if you lean into the positive, you being your authentic self, you doing what you, being you, doing what you want to do, could really open up the doors for someone else. It really can. Like, it's so impactful because prior to this in high school, I wanted to be a pediatric surgeon. Okay. That's what I wanted to do from the time I was five to the time I was basically, like, 18. So, but my mother always had black doctors for me. So I didn't think that it wasn't a thing I could do. I never was like, well, maybe I get like, no, I was going to be a pediatric surgeon. And that was what was going to happen. Like, I don't, you can't tell me that that's not going to happen. You know, I love science. I loved math. Um, I went to medical camp in high school. Like that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you do? If I was a sports nerd, like judge. I, I did not care about school. Now I appreciate my education, but I just want to put, what do you do at medical camp? In so <laughs> I actually like, it's so crazy because I was not like into, I was a science and math nerd. So okay. I was not into like English and history. No, 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 no. But I took a medical terminology class because I wanted to set myself up for success being a doctor. So all the extra credit. Like, oh, okay. so I took this medical terminology class, and they were like, "We're having med med camp," and I was like, "Mom, like I need to go to med camp. Like this is amazing. Like I need to go." So we learned how to do sutures. We really? had how like, old were you for this? I was like probably I was somewhere between fifteen and seventeen. Wow. I can't remember which summer. Okay. And so okay. it wasn't like a full summer. It was probably like a week or something like still. that. But it was still really good because it was other kids there who wanted to be doctors who were in high school. And we learned how to do sutures. We went on like hikes and all of these things. Okay. And like we had the camp counselors. And um, I remember there was like a rock wall there. So we did like camp stuff. Yeah. But then we also had time where we learned about like medical stuff as well so it was really cool i'm glad that i went my yeah. friend always tells me she's like she's a science nerd i'm like at heart i'm like i am embrace so, the brand whatever like, it is look, i am a i love math and science so um oh like you would not think it because i'm playing with clothes all day yes. but um but yeah that was 
what I wanted to do, but I never thought I couldn't do it because I saw people who looked like me who were doing it. Yeah. Like my surgeon was, he was, my mother was like, you don't understand how hard it was for me to find a black surgeon. Okay. <laughs> like, she was like, cause I had to have a surgery and she was like, I made sure that I found a black surgeon who could do your well, surgery. Well, a good surgeon in general is hard to find nowadays. I'm on fitness medical side, so that's okay. a whole other oh cast I could get with you. But <laughs> no, but seriously, finding a good surgeon that believes the way you believe that aren't yeah. giving you opiates. I mean, large combo so good on yeah. her for finding a fit she was just like so she was amazing she always went the extra mile to make yeah. sure that I had this representation front and center in my life and that I never was like no I can't do this she's like no you can do this my dad the same way like yeah. I was very much into building things and putting things together and it, at first he'd be like I'll just build it I'm like no like I want to help you build it like I want to be there with you and so he was like, oh, okay. So we would like build the things together. And I was just very grateful that I had parents like that who fed into the things that I wanted to do and the curiosities that I had versus being like, well, no, you're a girl. You can't do that. Yeah. Like, no, you shouldn't really be into science. Um, Cause a lot of parents do that with girls. And it's so sad that they lose that interest in science yeah. from like middle school to high school. And then they're just like, oh, I'm good. So yeah. So yeah, it's all about feeding into the things that your kids want to do and understanding that like, it's okay, like the passions that they have when they're younger, because it could turn into a career when they get older, you know, it's, it's totally fine if this girl likes math and science, yeah. or this dude likes English and reading and wants to write for a living, like feed into those things. Well, I think, you know, what's funny, and I've done a couple casts now just at this conference and the, the underlying um, theme to everyone's story is... I thought I was going to be this or I wanted yeah. to do this. And then ironically, we have trials and tribulations. Life kicks us in the face and we get up and we learn and what have yeah. you. Um, but the beautiful like silver lining of most of the stories are all of those pieces feed into what they're doing now. And they couldn't yeah. even have thought what they're doing now was a thing. No. But it's like perfectly like I am one of four kids, the oldest of uh, four children, only girl and yeah. younger brothers. So that was a lot of my story of... Well, the boys, like, I remember my parents didn't even make me mow the lawn. Like, as soon as my brothers started to get older, they did all these chores, and I was like, I'm doing that. That's perfect. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, well, wait a second. Like, if they're doing it, I'm going to do it. And, like, so this battle before I knew it was a battle yeah. was a thing, and then here I am. We're having our larger combos. Um, but it was kind of ingrained in me. And my mom, when you were talking about this at the, at the other workshop, uh, similar to your mom was always, her conversation with me is, when you go to college. Yeah. When you do this. When you go play sports. It was never a... Uh, if you want to do this or what have you, like she put it in my mind, like once it happened, it was going to, it was possible. Yeah. It was a thing. Um, cause she ended up dropping out of college to mm. take care of her family. And, yeah. and she only had two options of sports when she was a kid. So, um, I think it is not to slightly segue, but to, it, it's heavy responsibility on our end to acknowledge everyone before us that has paved yes. the way yes. for us to sit here and have this conversation yes. and all those bigger pieces. And that's why I have faith for our young people. Like, mm -hmm. wow, in front of us, it looks like we're taking two steps forward, one step back. Like the progress is slow. Yeah. But then you look at our parents and you're like, damn, okay. No, it's, Long way it's to go, definitely up gone. to us because a lot of my upbringing and a lot of the, whether it was like the history that I learned, whether it was just the self-worth that was like ingrained mm -hmm. in me came from my mother, you mm -hmm. know, like I was privileged enough to never have the conversation of if you get stopped by the police. Yeah. That was never a conversation in my household. And I can't say, like, there are people who are like, well, that never happened to me, so it's not a thing. No, that is a thing. Yeah. I just never had it. And so I was in high school, 
Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, because I'm supposed to be here today. I was very belligerent with the police. Oh, okay. You know, like I was like, "Why are you stopping me? What do I? Why am I here? Like, what's going on? Like, what is happening?" And because I never had that conversation, and you know, the police were never like hostile towards me or anything like that. Because I think if that had happened, my mom would be like, "Okay, so we need to sit down and have a conversation." Yeah, yeah. But like, they were just always like, "Okay, ma'am." Like, because I was very entitled. I still yeah. am. I feel like I need to have the same respect. I need to have the same things as white people like I don't yeah. this is what should happen so like yeah. I'm very entitled you do not treat me differently or I'm going to call you out on it and I want to teach my kids that because that is the only way that you can empower yourself yeah. like I want to teach you about your history and what happened and I want to tell you what the world looks like but I also need to tell you that you deserve every right that is out here to have and that is it. No matter what your skin color is, no matter what you look like, you deserve it because yeah. you are a living, breathing person. And that's it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where if you empower the next generation, they empower their next generation. And well, that becomes their normal. And so like their yes. normal evolves. And those conversations, you just open up the door to those larger combos yes. and that awareness. Um, and then you're prepared for moments you, you should you should not have had to prepare for but you step in with some armor you step in with some knowledge you step yes. in with some awareness um and the world isn't perfect that's the yeah. reality where we're at so there's a consciousness of okay this sucks but we're gonna have this conversation because you might be in this situation and yeah. then hopefully like you said generations down the line that starts to fade away um who knows what's next i think our kids are talking about environment and stuff but uh i do too i really yeah. genuinely do um I think this is going to be better. I really do have hope for my kids. I'm also a realist, so yeah. I know that it may not get better. I hope that it does, mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where it's just like, if it does get better, amazing. If it doesn't, I know that it's going to have inched yeah. a little bit more. Um, but either way, I have to prepare my child to, you know, have those conversations, have those things happen because as much as things have changed in other places in the country, say my child wants to go to like Wyoming for high for college, you yeah. know, like I need to prepare him that <laughs> things may be a little bit different. So yeah. it's just one of those things that it's like you have to be able to have those conversations to say you are equal, but sometimes the world doesn't see you as yeah. that. And this is how you prepare, but then this is how you also stand your ground, yeah. and it's okay. I just saw um, Richard Branson happened to be doing a Biennial of the Americas, North, Central, and South America in Denver, mm -hmm. um, culturing this community and conversation around environment and meat and, and everything, and he uh, spoke about that, like teaching our, our kids' kids and um, the little steps moving forward and the little decisions he makes in his personal world. Yeah. Um, and how he, I mean, he travels the world, he's a billionaire, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and again, major business conversation yeah. there. Um, but to know that there's people of power with money having that conversation is huge. Yes. And because again, these strategic partnerships that we, we can cultivate the conversation, we can take yes. care of this within our immediate world. But knowing that the dollar still moves the needle, it's refreshing for me to see that those conversations are coming from white man that has a lot of money yeah. that is choosing to live a different way and put a voice to it. Uh, it's, it's, it's big. It's so good when you see conversations like that being had, when you see initiatives at Google yes. to, you know, have black engineers yes. and have a program for that. And 
the the need for diversity in different industries, you know, because they're finally seeing that, like, okay, so this industry is very white and male. Mm-hmm. How do we diversify that? We have to give people scholarships. We have to create programs. We have to do whatever. So then that gives that person, it doesn't, I don't want white people to see it as a leg up because that's not what it is. They give them a footing mm-hmm. to be on the same playing field as their white counterparts. And it's amazing that these bigger companies are doing this organically, yeah. not because it's a trend, but actually being like, this is something that's dear to our hearts and we want to see a change in this. And we want to create, you know, initiatives around this and like really support this community. And those are the things that I support, yeah. you know, those are the things that I'm like, Oh, okay, well, this person is talking about it or this person is doing an initiative or this company is, you know, like when Starbucks, they had their snafu and they were like, no, 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 we're shutting down the entire company to talk about diversity training. And I was just like, huge. This is amazing. You know, like the fact that you, they were like, we're not making no money, shut it down. Because clearly we have an issue and we need to discuss it. And it's one of those things where it's just like, that's amazing. You know, you see companies like that who are actually making a change versus sending out an email. We apologize. Like, okay, but what are you like? What are you doing yeah. to make sure this doesn't happen again? An email is great, awesome, whatever. Right. But what are you doing to make sure it doesn't happen again? Right. And to see companies like that, I know that even Gucci, they hired a diversity training person to come in and talk about, you know, what racism looks like, all of these things. So they wouldn't make these mistakes again and make sure that they, you know, it was this woman I actually just had on my panel. She was their diversity training person. Oh, amazing. And she was just like, they were talking at the school that she works at, um, at at another event. And he was like, well, what can we do? She was like, what? She's like, do the people in power look like you? She's like, yeah. Well, he said, yeah. He's like, that's the first problem. Yeah. So she was like, if you would like me to come in, shake things up, we can do that. Yes. And so he welcomed that versus being like, no, 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 we're fine. He was like, okay, well, yes, maybe we do need to have a more diverse executive team. Maybe we do need to have a more diverse, you know, staff as far as marketing or whatever may be concerned so that we don't make these mistakes in the past. I mean, in the future. And that's what companies should do. But they didn't, they didn't know that was a problem until it happened. That's the thing. You don't know that it's wrong until we're, there's, there needs to be a right made out of it. So Yeah, so they didn't know it was offensive. Right. So they had seen the images, but they were like, we didn't know that black people would be offended by this. And it was like, yes, it is very offensive. And I feel as though sometimes companies hide behind their ignorance because yeah. all you have to do is Google said thing to see that this is a problem. And to see the origins of it. But you're Gucci. Maybe you don't have to play by the rules. And that's the thing. Like, when people... In this day and age, everyone has to play by the rules. Could not agree more. Because they're social media. You're going to get called out. People are going to be like, nope. You will get boycotted. All of these things. And so, until you decide to do the research and to actually be like, okay, so this is what we want to do. We don't think it's offensive to black people. But let's make sure. Mm -hmm. Like... As a white person, you can never know what is offensive to a black person unless you research it. Mm-hmm. You can't say like, oh, well, they won't be offended by this because you don't know. Right. So you have to be able to go like, okay, there's a thing called the internet. Yeah. It has everything on it. <laughs> Let me go to it and see what black people are saying about this. Like, it's 
so simple. But I, I would hope they go one step further because, again, I know how controlled the internet yeah. is and what you're like, they're going to control what you see, whether you believe it or not. Get in front of black people, people yes. of color, and say, talk to Have me. a focus Let's group. Have, yes. <laughs> well, and if companies, <laughs> even if they don't, it doesn't stem from their heart space, it's not the good yes. of them. I promise you, as a consultant, long term, this will cost your bottom line. So when yes. you agree or yes. disagree, as a good business person that cares about the bottom line, you better start paying attention. Yes. Because in five, ten years, this conversation is going to be funny to our kiddos. But that's what happened with Papa John's. Like, it, yes. it doesn't make any sense like yeah. for you to see all of these companies who have done something that was seen as racist or seen as, you know, just prejudice or whatever... And the backlash that they got and the the repercussions because of it. Like, the CEO, whoever he was, I don't know, founder, Papa John himself, <laughs> had to be fired because of his comments. <laughs> because people were like, black people were like, oh, we're good on Papa John. Yeah, that's how Uber was in women and their CEO. Yeah, it was the whole thing. It was on camera. Yeah. Everything. So like This stuff is happening. And, and so it's like, you can't out. be like, oh, we didn't. Like, you see these other companies making these mistakes. Yeah. So you should not want to be one of them. Right. And you should change it. And like now, you know, all of these initiatives and people being like, okay, well, we got rid of him. So he's not, he's no longer a part of it. Like, it's fine. Like, it's okay. And people being called out because of the internet. Yeah. People are researching what people are saying or people are researching like who's behind things. Like people were boycotting um, Home Depot because like one of their board members supported Trump. Like, everyone knows who's a part of everything now. Yeah. So, I'm like, if me, as a regular person, can know who your board members are, yeah. you can know what's offensive to an entire community. 100%. Like, and, and so, to me, ignorance now with everything that's happened is no longer an excuse. There's no, exactly like, there, it's just no excuse. So, I am happy that companies are taking responsibility, trying to fix it. Um, and really trying to, whether it's because they want the dollars or whether they genuinely care about, you know, being a socially conscious company, at least they're trying to change it, you know, evolve in some capacity, evolve in some capacity, take ownership over it and be like, okay, so we messed up. We're sorry. This is what we're doing to make sure this doesn't happen again. Right. And that's the biggest thing. Like nobody wants to be like, okay, I sent you an apology letter, but then in a year, you same. make the same mistake, yeah. you know, because... Well, that would work for our young people, because again, they will call it out. Yeah. There's been influencers, like fitness influencers that have been sued because they're um, cut and pasting programs they said was custom, and like really basic stuff, like we're yeah. shallow end of the pool here. Uh, and it's starting to get called out, and you know, FTC, FCC, like the regulations are starting, it's still the Wild yeah. West, there's no rules out there. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the consumer has to get savvy, just like, again, fitness, supplement space, it's all marketing. Everything. You better start believing in your own research, because it's not all transparent, and everyone's in business. Yes. Um, and that's okay. I don't hate that. I just know that I have to be as uh, savvy as possible, mm-hmm. have real conversations. Yes. And then if I'm going to talk about it, make sure I know as much as possible. Because there's yeah. been things where I've researched the crap out of stuff, particularly in CPG, like consumer packaged goods. Yeah. And then months later, I'm like, God dang it. Like, I didn't see that. And it's hard to find, it's hard to find the truth. It's hard because they said like, I heard a quote, it was like a business can die on the second page of, go- of Google because yeah. most people don't go past the first page. So God forbid your article is on the fifth page. Right. Like, no one's ever going to read it, right. you know, until, like, one person reads it and then it goes viral and then now it's on the first page and it's like, oh, my gosh, I never knew about this. It was like, because it was on the fifth page of Google. No right. one's going that far. Right. And it's okay. Like, we're not 
supposed to know every single thing. You know, every single thing is on the internet, but it may be on the fifth page of Google. So you may not know about it until it gets on the first or second page of Google and it becomes like known to the public. And unfortunately, like the way our society is set up is very secretive. It's very much like if they don't want you to know something, you're not going to know it. Well, I think that's important like to almost like build out your team. Like I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a fashion person yet. I'm not doing all these things, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I I can find my crew, my tribe, my trusted influencers where I'm like, okay, this person said to do this. And that's where I really do think the power of influence is. I hate that word because people don't want to be influenced. They want to be inspired. For conversation's sake, you yeah. find your influencers you can trust, and you, again, our consumers, our kiddos are savvy. They can screen. They know how to filter. They grew up with this stuff. It's um, all about authentic voices. Yes, and they see through it. Yeah. Um, so I want to shift this back to you mm-hmm. and own your I am. Obviously, it was, I mean, we're talking about all the inspiration. We're doing everything. Clearly. <laughs> uh, we're going to solve all the world's problems here. Um, tell me how overarching mission statement where you want to see in a year and if someone's out there that wants to get involved how do they do so okay um so the mission of own your i am is to erase the lines of colorism and the social injustice that comes from it we empower women to own who they say they are and not what the world says about them so it's a bit two-pronged we want to empower women we also want to change the world and the narrative that's put out there so um, if you want to get involved you can email me info at ownyouriam.org it's all Spelled out all the vowels, all the things. Um, we're on social media at Own Your I Am. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter. They're both the same handle. Um, in a year, I don't even know. Like it's so many things have been happening in the these first basically, I guess like six months now. Can't How old is the company or organization? Six months old. Oh, so we're like <laughs> brand new. Again. Yeah, we're, we're brand baby. new. Yes. I just launched it in May. Okay, so it's. Even just crazy that I'm sitting here talking to you, okay? That like Chelsea was like, I love what you're doing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've had this company for like two months. She just sends like a massive text out. I'm like, bring in everyone. I don't care about followers or topic. Like, come at me. Let's just conversate. Whatever it is, okay? Yeah. So I was just like, okay. So, um, so yeah. So it was one of those things where a lot of things have been happening in a short amount of time. So I can't even imagine where we're gonna be yes. in a year. Um, I definitely want to start traveling more and having more conversations around colorism and you know speaking engagements or speaking engagements panels all of those things about colorism because we are now on our third event um it's been crazy tell me a little bit about the events like if i show up to an event what am i experiencing so there's each one is different each one has a different topic so the first one we did was just a general conversation on colorism and so we had people from the fashion industry, from the entertainment industry. I had a woman who did a TED Talk on colorism. She goes to Vanderbilt. And then um, I had a woman who works at Refinery29. And so we talked about the different aspects of colorism. We talked about light skin privilege and what that looks like, because that is a thing. It's okay. Just, it's very similar to white privilege. Um, and the reactions to it is very similar to when you talk about white privilege. So it's very interesting how that plays out. but. So that was like the first event. This last event, we talked about um, colorism in the fashion and beauty industry. So both of those were panels. It was set up very much like a panel. We had questions, I moderated, and then we had the audience ask questions um, to the panelists as well. So that conversation was amazing. Um, It was interesting because I just experienced all of those things that we talked about at that event, at um, a show that I just did. 
So like everything that we talked about at that event, where whether it was a makeup artist who doesn't know how to do dark skin women's makeup, okay. a hairstylist who has no idea what to do with my hair, all of those things happened, and I was just like literally on the verge of tears yeah. and I was just like I cannot believe this is like happening to me right now like this is crazy but these are professional makeup artists professional yeah. hairstylists who do not know how to do black people's makeup do not know how to do black people's hair was this a big corporate event yes oh, okay it's a big sponsor I'm telling you like yes. this is they've done the same thing the way they've done it forever and so yeah you were at a point of disruption so and I literally had to call my rep because I was like, will they have someone who specializes in natural hair or knows how to do natural hair? And she's like, it's a celebrity hairstylist. I said, I will do my own hair. That's yeah. fine. And so because they're not forced to know how to do it, so they don't learn how to do it. And Are they really, that, like, that doesn't happen enough to where that they would just get experienced by it coming? Really? No, because when you get it, you don't know what to do. And so they don't think like, oh, well, maybe I should learn for the next time. They just go about their lives because they're like, oh, it'll happen once in a while. I don't really have to experience it. And so they don't get the education or learn. And so it's sad because I've literally, everything that I've done, whether it's a, I've been in basically like three commercials, okay. two were for hair campaigns. I have done my hair on all of them. No way. Yes. That's on, and this is within like the past five years. This was in the last two years. And they didn't, I even, I think just from um, like a control standpoint, they, they wouldn't want to control your every move of how you show up for their product. No. That blows my mind. So like, I always have to ask, what do you want my hair to look like? So you do it yourself? So I do it myself. Because wow. I, I know there's like, I can't just show up and they know what to do with it. And I can't just show up. Like, I had, like, one of the hair campaigns that I did, we had to go, it was for, like, um, we had to go back and get our hair done before the um, actual commercial. So we okay. had to, like, we had two hair consultations, and then the commercial was, like, a week later. So they had to, on the second consultation, they wanted us to do our hair, what it was going to look like on the commercial. So I was like, okay, so what do you kind of, like, you've seen the pictures, what do you want it to look like? I'm like, okay, so this is how we have to do it to achieve that. So I'm literally sitting there with the stylist teaching her how to do my hair. No and this is a professional stylist. And so we're sitting in the professional salon of this brand. And I'm sitting there basically doing my own hair because she didn't know what to do. And it looks well, crazy. Well, that's to your LinkedIn resume, but yes. Yes. Yeah. So we were just like, okay, well, we'll just, just go with it. And I was like... Yeah, I, I can't like from a business standpoint. I can't believe they went. I just um, on a podcast a couple months ago. I had the editor in chief of Oxygen Magazine. Yeah, and she came on and she works with a lot of fitness humans, obviously. And mm -hmm. I'm like, talk to me about editing. Do they have any control over what picture they pick? The editing, not editing, what have you? And she's like, a lot of magazines, no. The talent shows up. We control everything, and they yeah. know that coming in. And if they complain, then there's 50 people that will take their job. Yeah, and I get it from a business standpoint. I don't agree with it, but I get it. I yeah. get the landscape. Um. And she's like, we control. So I can't believe you show up for a major brand and they wouldn't have a control piece. And I don't think it would be that hard wherever you are to find somebody that of any skill capacity yeah. that could make the talent look the way they want them to look. Like that blows my mind. Um, they would let that control piece fall through the cracks. They just, because they don't know what to do. So they're yeah. just like, do it. Yeah. And I'm like, because I'm like, and at the end of the day, I don't want to look crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to do my own hair because, and like, I did my hair for one commercial and I was sitting there in the salon chair because they still wanted the artist to see my hair. 
And she was like, I think it looks fine. And then the head artist, who was black, came over and was like, we need to put some more, like, we need to put heat on her hair and put curls in it. And the lady was like, the one who was doing my hair was like, what? Like, she doesn't even need this. And I was like, why is he doing this? She's like, girl, I don't know. She's like, we're just going to do it and then just let it go. Like, so even, it's not even about, like, I need to hire a black person to do it because not every black person knows how to do natural hair. Right. It's literally about, okay, so let me find someone who knows how to do natural hair, whether they're black, white, or whatever. Yeah. And have that person, because the person who knows how to do natural hair, they also know how to do straight hair. So it's like, you have someone who understands and who gets it. Like, the person on this job the other day literally the people who were around me anyways and there's you know of course they know how to do hair but all three of them were asian and barely spoke english yeah so they don't know how to do my hair at all like they just don't know because they don't have to be faced with it so i was just like why did y'all send me in this year like i don't like and then even because i had my hair flat twisted I went to the, she was, she just sat there. She didn't know, like, I, well, I sat there. She stood there and she was like, I don't know what to do with this. So then she took me to the head artist and he was like, perfect. This is amazing. I said, sir, my hair is not even out yet. And he was like, oh, you're going to take it out? And I was like, the fact that he thinks my hair is done right now is ridiculous. <laughs> like, you need to take over the industry. Like, I was like, I'm serious. Insane. Opportunities everywhere for you for this. Like, it was consult so... or something crazy like I wanted so bad to like find the person who was over it like over hiring the hair and makeup yes. people and be like this is not okay that you have people who don't know how to do people's makeup and hair and yeah. like literally every person that was there person of color had the same exact experience that I had wow and they were we were just sitting there like but I mean, real talk that that opportunity shows you what, I'm sorry, that experience shows you what opportunity is out there Yes. while frustrating. And again, we think we're far along or not. It's awakening. There's opportunity within that space to create some noise, yeah. disrupt what's going on. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Jonathan Vendos from Correct for the Straight Guy. You throw anyone in front of him yes. and he knows how to handle it or he will outsource pieces of it, whether it's shaving or natural mm-hmm. hair or what have you, which I've seen him work with natural like all of it. Again, yeah. this is the edited version of Kurai. Um, but he never shies away from that. And you can see the skill set. Yeah. Um, and the skill set of what he's actually doing and the conversation that goes alongside that because yes. these are you're taking someone out of their comfort zone and transitioning and transforming them. That's scary too. Uh, you have to, I think to call yourself a professional, you have to know how to do everything. Yeah. Like you cannot be like, Oh, I'm a professional, but I only do straight hair. Well, for I'm how competitive the industry is, I can't believe, and that's exactly as you're saying, that's what I'm thinking. Like I show up and I, uh, as a lacrosse coach, but I can't teach you defense. Well, that's yeah. not a thing. Like, like when, to, so what are you coaching? Yeah, <laughs> like, right. So you're just an offense coach. That's only half the game. Yes. Yeah. So how you could not be able to accommodate all potential clientele is just bad business. Yeah. You, you are in the wrong business game if that's if you have one little specific piece. So that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but again, I think the positive takeaway there is like opportunity exists. So that's one of the things that I want to be able to do is to go into these spaces and to talk to companies about these missteps that they have and to see where they can improve. It's not about, you know, like I said, chastising. It's literally being like, can I educate you on what to do better? So in the future, you don't have people feeling this way. So in the future, you have people who know how to do 
the person's makeup or yeah. you know how to do the person's hair and the person doesn't feel ostracized. It's a very lonely feeling Yeah. when you go to a place and you feel as though no one knows how to work with you. Yeah. You know, because we were supposed to like the narrative or the instructions was like, come with your hair, no product. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. Right. Like at all. Like I'm, I'm going to show up with no product in my hair. I said, first of all, y'all not going to know what to do with it. So yeah. then I'm going to show up. I'm going to come out looking crazy. I'm gonna show up looking crazy. And you gotta protect out. your brand and how you look. Like exactly. that's a whole thing. I if, if you've seen it in my social media, my hair has always been a thing because it's mm-hmm. not straight like this. Like I'm a big advocate of dry bar because I can, it's thick and it's a process and it's great when yeah. it's curly, but there's no in between. Like yeah. it's either one or the <laughs> other. So like there's zero chance of me showing up to like a fitness situation with it not straight because it's not gonna stay back. Like it's yes. a process. It's a thing. And if you know me, it's like always been a thing. Yeah. So I get it and I empathize. So I'm like no. And then you're gonna do it the way you think it looks good, but then I'm not comfortable. Well, that impacts the way I look at yes. the image and my energy. Yeah. Like it's a whole larger combo of time out. Okay. This is, and again, if you're aware, I don't have the right energy. I'm not looking, I don't feel good. That impacts me selling your brand. Yep. So it's, it kind of comes back to their selfish narrative. If they can't adhere to anything else, it's like, listen, this impacts your bottom line. So do my hair right. It's a big deal. That's um, just what it is. Yeah. Especially when you're hired as an influencer. Yes. Like, you have to be able to feel your best self. And if you can't, you're not going to deliver. Yeah. And that's just the bottom line. So, like, if I don't deliver, my followers aren't going to feel the genuineness. Right. They're going to be like, okay. Or, like, she normally doesn't look like this. I was going to say, like, they'll be like, this isn't her. And why is she doing that? And then it makes you look ingenuine. Like, you yep. just did it for the paycheck. Meanwhile, they didn't see the whole battle you had to have to not look the way you did. Like, it's a whole misunderstanding. Whole yeah. yeah. Um, is this something that Own Your I Am, do you guys provide consultation? Or, like, is this a, conference, a piece of the puzzle? This is, I would love to do that. So, yeah. we haven't um, started yet. Like I said, we're six months in, and yeah. it's been just very, like, fast but slow journey. I feel like we're, I'm always, like doing something I'm just like oh, I'm walking along and the next thing I know I'm like three blocks down the road on a podcast like, how did I get here <laughs> yeah I'm like how did I get here so um it's something I definitely want to do and I definitely yeah. want to offer so I need to put it on the website so people know um but diversity training is one of the things I was talking to um one of the ladies at the session before um I would love to educate um school counselors On how to deal with young black girls, their natural hair, you know, because a lot of black girls get sent home for wearing their hair out or wearing it natural and all of these. Yes. What? This is? Are you kidding me? It's crazy. Wait, why would they send them home? Because it's distracting. No. Are you kidding? When people have like mohawks and shaved heads and like hot pink and what? Yes. Is this like a part of the country? Am I missing this? This is there has been a lot of young women who have been sent home because of the way that their hair is, whether it they're sometimes they're in braids or whatever. They're just like this isn't um like kept up and it's like I have braids, like I'm very confused. Wow. My hair is Actually, there's a lot of work too. There there's uh, a lot of work. It's a it. lot of work. Uh so is this happening to men too? What about K Fed with his like brain? It is, it is like, happening to men because there was a young boy at a wrestling match. He was I think he was in high school oh, where his dress got cut yes. off. So 
it is a conversation that needs to be had and it needs to be discussed because it's humiliating yeah. to cut off a young man's dreads in the middle of a match. Yeah. That is, and she just chopped them oh, off. Oh, I, I saw that video. That you know, the it chills because they're insane. Kiddos, man. So yeah. it's one of the things to talk about that, to talk about, you know, colorism and bullying yeah. and all of that stuff and like how to deal with it. Um, and to really just educate people on what young black people go through. Mm-hmm. Um, young black girls especially having to deal with um, colorism and texturism and being sent home for their hair being unkept or whatever um, or being distracting and it's something that you kind of have to be socially aware of and you have to understand that like we go through something a little bit differently and that's okay but be empathetic to it be sympathetic to it and understand that like okay well if she's wearing her hair like this one it grows out of her hair like that her Mm -hmm. head so it's not distracting it's not like maybe we need to educate the other students on why her hair is this way or that this is the way that her hair is and it's okay you know for it to not be distracting so um so yeah it is something that we want to do i'm gonna put it on the website so that we can start the education piece of it and start the um, diversity training aspect of colorism and um, really helping companies schools administrators and all of this see that you know there's a way to handle this and that this is an issue that needs to be handled in a different way and that we need to be aware of it and you know not send kids home for wearing their hair naturally like Oh, we have such big problems sense. that, and well, and just kiddos, I'm I'm so sensitive to because you're, I mean, the world is small when they're young, even if they're on the internet and they, they're exposed to a lot. Yeah, you're you're so vulnerable, and everyone it doesn't matter what you came from. Everyone struggles in their youth yes. with whatever you know, however they digest that trauma. You're just in such a vulnerable state. Yeah, and to have those situations happen that can again put you in such a different trajectory that you are going on is yep. is like tragedy to me like because I you see how impacting it is for kiddos um but I think not to revert back to the marketing because it's not about business but disrupting those social norms yes where what is distracting what why are we having a conversation about hair when we have yes. this deep conversation we need to get to in algebra or whatever mm-hmm. like stop it with this stuff it doesn't matter um but I do think those social norms and those conversations are starting to shift yeah and evolve I definitely, I think that representation matters. So like when you, it matters for us and it matters for people who don't look like us. So if you see a woman on TV who has an Afro, you're not going to think that it's crazy when you see a woman in front of you with an Afro, you know, because you've already been like, oh, well, I saw this woman. Or if you see a woman in a Gap ad with an Afro, like you're not going to think that it's unkept or that it's distracting because you see it in different areas of your life. So you're like, oh, I'm kind of used to seeing black people with their natural hair. So yeah, it's fine. Like, it's not like crazy to me, you know? And so it comes from both sides. Trust me, I have a big Afro. I get it from (laughs) black people, white people, whoever. And it's distracting for me. Like, I don't like, I'm just living my life and you're coming into my space, distracting me with all of your nonsense. And it's, it's hard sometimes because then I have to have crazy conversations with people about my afro. Well, I would say the stuff. patient. It's Ooh. not that it's the same, but when I, I think anything different, again, that we're not exposed to, you yes. wonder, and you stare, and it's not out of a judgment space. It might be. Don't get me wrong. A lot of times people just don't know. Um, 
I always, when people talk about something that makes them different, I always remember, I go back to when I had knee surgery mm. and anyone that's walked around with a big old knee brace, you know, you not only talk about your freaking injury, you hear everyone's story around their injury. Like 1979, yep. I tore my ACL <laughs> in football and, did, and you're like, okay. You're like, great. Like, I, awesome. I appreciate I you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, I appreciate you. And I mean, it did open up opportunity. I always try to pull out the light. Yeah. I wouldn't know this person otherwise or whatever. Sometimes you just straight up don't have time. Yeah. So again, I will champion your patience amongst things. Like you're out here doing your thing and you've got to, the conversation comes with the territory, I guess. It definitely does. I will never like change my hair because of the conversations that I have or because people are distracted by my hair. Like I don't, I can't control that. This is the way it dries. I don't do anything to make it this way. So it's your problem, not mine. But it's one of those things where I do have to have crazy conversations sometimes and I just have to just smile and nod and just hope that it ends quickly and move on from it, you know, and not hold on to it. There was a time where I did hold on to it and like hated the attention that I got from my hair, you Mm -hmm. know, and just hated even like I didn't change my hair, but I just was like, I don't want to go out and see people and like have to deal with all of this other stuff and like. My hair is very signature, so literally, I went to L.A. It was so funny. I went to L.A. I really didn't tell people I was going to be in L.A., and the first day I was there, someone was yelling my name down the street, and I lived in New York at this point, so really? I was just in L.A. On, on, I was working in L.A., but I was downtown, and I was like on the phone with my cousin, and I was like, somebody is calling my name. But nobody knows. Yo, this I'm is here. like your branding is working though. It I know is. it's a process, but like this is the it piece is of the puzzle. Been, I have had people come up to me in the mall See? because they're like Raven, and I'm like, I'm Yo, when you get real famous, you're not gonna be able to do anything. I don't. I like. I was at Fashion Week with someone who was like behind people who were really famous, and I was like. I couldn't do this. Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's too much. Careful like, what you wish for. That's... I was like, this is too much. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, all these cameras and stuff. I was like, oh, oh. No, I couldn't do that. I said, you stand out at Fashion Week, you, I, you're onto something. Because everyone's standing out. Like, nothing is of normal status quo. It's crazy. So I was just like, <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm, I'm an introvert, you know? So yeah. I don't really like a lot of attention all the time. Um, I'm also a Gemini, so there are times where I do like to be the center of attention, but for the most part, I'm just like, it's very uncomfortable to me. But you got a lot to say, and you're going to say it, I know. so you got to find out. I'm just like, now I'm like speaking at conferences and stuff, so I guess. <laughs> and she's literally on the mic, I was just going to let that like, just like marinate right there. Um, all right, well, we'll kind of, because I know we could go on. We could go on um, forever. I love this. Well, I want to make sure, so cover company. And just as a creative human, and I'm learning yes. to lean more into that creativity. And I absolutely love fashion because I think it is statement making without mm-hmm. a voice. And there's such opportunity it's to It's the lead. first thing people usually see. Well, 100%. the second. Mine well, is like, I- your race. It's the second people think. Race, or I guess hair, I'm yes. Um, Tell me how that creative outlet like feeds your soul, feeds your mission, uh, how that plays into Own Your I Am, give yes. me the fashion for one. Um, so... I've now been a stylist for about seven years and it is, I love my career. I love what I do. I think it's amazing. Um, It's not all like fluff and just putting pretty things on people. And I think it helps me because I get to be in these conversations and in these spaces that I wouldn't necessarily be in because part of like a big part of my mission is to empower women to feel beautiful. And that is the industry I'm in, you know, so I get to see it firsthand. I get to see, how models are picked. I get to see what agencies' rosters look like. You know, I get to see what diversity is out there and what representation is out there. And 
get to know these people and like hopefully change the narrative. Like I had um, at my panel, one of the PR agencies that I work with, one of my good friends at the PR agency, he came to the panel. He's a Jewish white man. Like, and so he was just like, thank you so much for like inviting me. And I'm so happy to be here and like hear these conversations. So he can now take this talk to his brands about their diversity and their casting and all of this other stuff. So it fuels into everything that I'm trying to do by being in this industry. And it goes hand in hand. Like when I thought about it, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, this is like right there. Like it's like, it works and it marries perfectly because the things, the narratives that I'm trying to change, the industries that I'm trying to change, I'm already in them. You know, I'm styling the ads, I'm styling these things. And so you just never know who you're going to meet on a job you never know who you know is listening to a conversation that you're having like I was just on a job and we were kind of talking about diversity and stuff and I was like one of the um the producer she was producing and it was like a thing for this magazine but she was like oh we just did a movie and I was like how did you get funding and so she was we were talking about that I was like yeah I was like I'm working on a short film that has to do with colorism and she was like tell me more and she was you know this white blonde haired woman like yeah. I was just like she wants to more dark colors like what I'm doing I'm like okay you never know you though. just never you know. know and so she just she was like once you get a script send it to me yes. I want to produce this yeah. and so like you just never know who you're going to meet who's going to be interested in what you're doing and so it's easy to be in the industry that I'm in because I am well connected you know, being on sets and it's like everything is literally like a degree separation from everything. everything. So me being a stylist, as long as I'm talking to people and things like that, and that's not my whole like, thing is just to, like push this on your I am agenda while I'm on set. But it gives me the opportunity to connect with people, to meet with people mm-hmm. and to push the narrative forward and for people to understand like, oh, well, maybe my casting is a little colorist. Or maybe I do need to have a more diverse runway or whatever it might be. Um, I just did a thing with a friend of mine who started a movement called Models of Color Matter. Mm-hmm. So she's all about diverse casting. And she casts for the shows that come through her um, PR agency. And so we did a thing backstage at Fashion Week where we took pictures of models with you know the signs that are like in my videos and married the two companies. And really are trying to, like, we sent out a survey to models of color to talk about diversity in the industry and how they feel represented and all of these things. So we could disrupt the norm. You know, I wouldn't be able to do that if I wasn't a stylist. I wouldn't be able to have access to shows if I wasn't a stylist and in the industry. So everything goes hand in hand. I know photographers because I'm in the industry. So they help me with my campaigns. Like, all of these things help feel the mission and the the drive behind own your I am and like people that I don't think are interested in it um like my best friend's a videographer so he does all of our visuals and he thinks that I'm insane because I literally come up with like a new campaign like every other week and you're sure. like ma'am like I need you to calm down creativity's like yeah. and so I was like well, I need to make sure you're on board he's like I will always be on board. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it real with but you. But <laughs> I have, like, things to do as yeah. well. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, just want to make sure Checks we can do this, you know? And so it's one of those things where if I wasn't in the industry, I wouldn't have met him, Yeah, you know? And yeah. he is such a big part of my business. He's such a big part of my um, – the visual aspect of my campaigns, you know? And which my, is huge. Which is huge. Which And so it's one of those things where we fight. 
because he's like my he's like my little brother so like we're constantly like no i want to do it this way well i want to do it this way and i'm like okay well just listen to me and so i'm just like so it's one of those things where he's just like he gets very fed up with me all of the time and i love him to death but it's just i wouldn't know him if i didn't work in the fashion industry and he wouldn't be as big as he is, if I didn't help him get some of his first yeah. jobs, you know? And so like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm very glad he's very busy, but I'm like, but I also need you to do this free work for me over here. Okay? <laughs> and then when it's big, you always remember who helped you step up because everyone needs support. You have to have, you all have to your have crew support. around you and understand what it is. Yeah. Um, and something as like, you know, I've started a couple of businesses, nothing crazy and still kind of reinventing. Like you always got all these ideas. Um, you have to acknowledge the support around you. Yes. And I will say, of all the training I do, coaching, education, questions, whatever, um, sometimes it's as cliche as just following your heart when your intentions are pure mm-hmm. and your your idea, whether it's business and or money motivated or whatever, it's like acts of service for others. Yes. And you truly find yourself in alignment. Yeah. I don't think you have to know the how of how it's going to happen. As you were saying, like it sounds like you're in alignment because things are coming in, things are yeah. just happening. It's, and it's- so random. That's I'm like, crazy. how does I'm like, how did this person even see the videos? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And like, I'm, I live in such a like weird kind of like mind space. Like, of course, I know like the internet's out there. I know the social media is out there. Yeah. But like, anytime, and clearly, like we have 500 people. It's not a lot, but we have 500 people who follow us on Instagram. I don't know all of these 500 people. But anytime someone comes up to me, like, I saw your campaign. I'm like, how? So you don't like, know. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how did you see it? And they're yeah. like, on your Instagram. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, fine. Okay. But like, that's, <laughs> well, and that's why the whole argument around, like, more followers is better. It's not. It's quality versus quantity. Yeah. Because And this is new conversation in the marketing space. Um, but of those 500 people, someone might have a million, 2% or less will buy. Your yeah. 500 people, all 500 people might listen to what you're saying. And yeah. that's incredible conversion rate. So. It's, it's crazy um, how not transparent some things are and the impact you're having these little conversations. Yes. Uh, way universe, God, whatever you believe is setting you up to have these conversations. Yes. All the work you've done up until right now, intentional or not, is putting you in this position. It's so crazy how when, because I am very big in my faith, so like everything, I'm like, okay, God, what is going on? Yeah. Okay, God. Oh, you got my back. Here? All right. Like, okay. <laughs> and so like with this, like I was supposed to start this a long time ago. Yeah. Like, I feel like most of us do. We're yes. kind of like, oh, it's scary though it's very scary and so i finally even this is so funny like the day before my launch party and like everyone there was pretty much my friends like i would say a good 85 to 90 percent of them were all my friends and then other people were like friends and randos (laughs) and so i was like the day before i was like I'm going to cancel this. Like, I just, I think it, I'm going to, can't, I can't do this. Like, it's too much. Like, I'm just, I think it's not too late. I'm just going to cancel no. it. And da, 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 Like, I'm going to be good. And then I was just like, what's just wrong do with you? It. Like, what is just, just do it? Like, you have it to do there. it. But it's, it's very nerve wracking, especially with, you know, my business is my baby, but I feel like my campaign is even more my baby because it's a visual representation of my business. And, and and my life, you yeah. know, like we put so much effort into the campaign videos and I was just like, oh my gosh, like what if people don't like it as much as I like it? And what if, again, so seeing people watch it and seeing people be like shocked or laugh at a part or like their eyes open really wide or whatever and being genuinely like in love with it, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like, this is deal. a thing. Oh my gosh. And like, I remember showing it to a girl like one-on-one and she cried. Yeah. And I was like, 
Yo, that's and then that's that's I heavy. Cried. That's heavy. It was so I was just like I didn't even realize this could happen. Like yeah. I was like I know people would probably like it, but like I didn't realize it would have that much of an impact on someone. She was like, I feel so seen right now. Wow. It's crazy, and I was like, that's. You look alive, pack a helmet because you're okay. you got responsibility now, and that's real. Like I yes. do think we are vehicles, certain people hopefully, uh, for larger messages. The greater yeah. good, it's bigger than us. Um, we all have egos. I think what we talk about is important. Yes. Um, stepping to light is crazy. Owning your own business is crazy. Whew. But it's it's. I think it's more tragic um, to not try at all than to try and fail. Yeah. Again, cliche, but it's so real. Like going to bed every night knowing you have like this agenda, this mission, or drive, and then going to sleep and never doing it is is horrible. That's like, brutal. I as much as this stresses me out. Okay, like cause it's so much because my schedule is very all over the place. Like I get jobs very randomly. Like I had to turn down a job because I had the panel. Like I was on a job and they were like, well, can you come to L.A. with us? And I was like, I cannot. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, not, you know, and um, it's one of those things where because my schedule is all over the place and because I have obligations now with Own Your I Am that are so far out in advance. Yeah, it's a greater thing and I'm like I would rather go to sleep worrying about all the things that I need to get done in the next two months than be like then one woman not feel seen because my campaign never came out you know so it's a greater responsibility now it is a thing for me and it's so much easier for me to talk about on your I am when I introduce myself because at first I was like oh I'm a fashion stylist and I was like oh wait wait, wait. yeah yeah I also do I this it's coming up and I'm like and every <laughs> single conversation I would have with people would be like oh wait, wait oh yeah um I almost forgot that I also have this organization that I started and now it literally just rolls off my tongue and I can talk about it forever yeah um and people are really excited about it like God has put people in my life that are huge parts of my organization. Um, pretty much my right hand man. Shout out to Edlin. He, I met him on Twitter. Seriously, like, I found him on Twitter. In the house, yes. Look, I found him on Twitter, <laughs> and then I saw that he did. He studies racism and social um, and uh, colorism, and I was like, I need to like read his papers, and that's literally all I wanted to do. I was like, hey can you send me some of your papers so that I can read them? Because I'm the person, I'm going to do everything myself. I don't need That only lasts so long. Trust me. I am with you. Look, I can't do everything myself, but I'm just like, I'm just going to do it. And then like, (laughs) I will die. Okay. Like, and so he hit me up. Like I sent him an email. I was like, Hey, I would love to read some of your research sometime. I have this organization, blah, 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 blah. And so he hit me up. He was like, Oh, he was like, cool. He's like, let's set up a phone conversation um, I still have never read any of his papers because now I don't have to. But um, <laughs> it sounded good though. <laughs> he, like, he, he didn't send them to me. So Evelyn, if you want to send them to me, you can. But he didn't send them to me because he ended up becoming a part of my organization. Wow. So like anything I need to know about anything he's ever written, I just need to text him, and then yeah. he just tells me what the information is. So it's great that that happened because at first he was just like, not at first. I think in his mind, he always thought he was probably going to be a part of this but he was like hey i really want to write for your website and i thought that was huge i was like that's amazing outsource that is like, huge yes i was like please write for my website this would be amazing and then as we were talking more about you know him writing and everything like that he was just like what do you need help with yeah. like 
how can I help you? And I was like, uh, angels, man. Like, so you, like, you want to like, like do work for Like, <laughs> Are you sure? Can I let you open up Pandora's box here? And so I slowly gave him things because just as any A-type personality is, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you this <laughs> like and see if you can do it. So I was like, well, it would be great if you took over the Twitter, you know? Like, I was going to say he opened up Pandora's box. And so now he's in these amazing conversations that we're having. We're putting together decks. I'm constantly, like, I talk to him probably at least once a week for hours on the phone. Wow. And like we, and we've only met in person once he lives yes. in Florida. I live in New York. So the power of the internet is real. And oh, so if you good. ever want to start something, start it. People around the country are dying to do what you're doing and dying to, you know, help you do what you're doing. Yeah. And with FaceTime and Skype and phone calls and the internet, there's no excuse that you can't work with someone who isn't in the same city as you. And he, cause he hit me up. He was like, I'm going to the DR. Um, so don't forget about me. And I was like, what? You don't even have to workload for free. I'm not going like, to about you. <laughs> sir, I was like, does the Dominican Republic have internet? Yeah. And you're he's not like, going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I said, then we'll still be talking. Like, I was like, enjoy your vacation. <laughs> like, what? So, because he's there, he's he's there for the semester. He's doing a okay. semester abroad in the Dominican Republic. And I was like, so you have internet. Like, I'm yeah. still going to talk to you, like, all the time. Like, it's Thanks, fine. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah. So, and he was just like, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. And I was like, you know, I can't forget about you because I need you for, like, everything, you know? And it's one of those things, like I said, my best friend is a videographer. I never thought that, you know, like, I asked the world of him anyways. But I never thought that he would be so passionate about what I'm passionate about as well, yeah. you know, and really, instead of just being like, okay, yeah, we can do it. He's like, no, this is amazing. It needs to happen. We need to figure out a day to film it and let's do it. You know? And yeah. he's like, this is phenomenal. Like I called him the other day. I was like, we need to go to Philadelphia. Cause I met this woman. And he was just like, <laughs> I need I'm down. <laughs> he was like, let me know. When are we going? And I was like, yes. Oh, okay. So that was easy. That okay. So <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. What I think, um, some of just like overarching themes that we've covered because we I love like the yes. journey that's just been on itself <laughs> because what's funny is like we hit heavy combo mm-hmm. uh, points and if listeners and audience all six of my peeps uh, yes. if you agree six and counting we start. are growing if, okay if you agree or disagree I think some of the underlying themes of community yes. building your team following yes. your heart uh, appreciating the the people that trailblazed prior to us yes the open mindedness um. Overarching theme, I think that really it can get simple, but is a huge piece of our puzzle moving forward is empathy yes. and being able to be heard and in turn listen, mm-hmm. uh, even if we're from totally different perspectives, worlds, what have you. Uh, the opportunity for conversation, I think, yes. does move things forward. So, um, where do we find you? Tell, give me your social handles. Where do people find you? So I am. Um, my personal account is at underscore Raven Roberts. Um, Raven spelled just like the bird, no fanciness, um, Roberts with an S. And then my, if you want to check out my styling page, that is at stylist Raven Roberts. Um, and then of course, own your, I am is at own your, I am. And yeah, then we can, my website for own your, I am is just own your, I am.org. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I genuinely appreciate the time and energy, the Thank patience you. you exude in the world in general. I'm this learning has been that. an amazing conversation. <laughs> I've loved every moment of it. So oh, I'm so excited it. to re-listen to yes. this conversation. I know. it's The sun is literally sitting on us. I got to start videoing these because I think some of the interpersonal, like speaking with my hands, which obviously I do yes. a lot, the things are like kind of indicative, but the sun setting on us, um, it's actually kind of awesome. 
It's beautiful. But, yeah, Bloomington is unbelievable. Um, but I appreciate it. Uh, I wish. Are you speaking anymore? Are you done event wise for Be Golden? No. So I haven't even started. So I. Oh, okay. Speak, we're on a panel. Um, no, I speak tomorrow at two p.m. Um, okay. And then I'm also they're screening my first campaign at the short film screening at because there's keynote at twelve. Okay. At twelve um, is the short screen film screening, and then my session. Is at 2 p.m. tomorrow. Okay, this won't be up before then. Yeah, yeah but just so you know, it's just still happening. I'm pushing you good vibes. Yes, to this tomorrow. Thank you. Um, okay, well, welcome. To, I can't wait to see all that now that I have like some back history on. I things. know. I'm so excited for the Q and A, and then in my session, I'm actually debuting the second campaign. Okay. So you guys will be the first people to actually see it. Yes. Besides me and the videographer, um, even the ladies who were in it have not seen it yet. So it'll be. I'm excited because I have not. The first one, I showed it to at least like 10 people for like a larger audience yeah. size. So I'm like, I'm trying to fight the urge to send it to people. But like, give me your no. feedback. Oh, you're committed now. It's tomorrow. It. Like, oh my God. No. So, so yeah. So I'm excited for everyone to experience it for the first time and see our second campaign, which will launch towards the middle of this month because we still have some final tweaks to do. But okay. it's about 90% done. So, okay. yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, congrats so far. I can't wait to, like, kind of look you up in six months and oh see gosh. where it's at. Um, and if there's something on, like, promotional, whatever, please share all your – I'm down to share and put stuff out there. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for you. I, I just appreciate the enthusiasm that's so genuine for your message, your voice, your experience, and yeah. your willingness to share it. Thank you. Uh, all the cliches, but I think that's where we get real social change. So. Yeah. Well, you have that's to be – like I said, you have to be genuine, and I think – I you get more bees or flies or whatever with honey than yeah. you do with the opposite. So there are like my friends will tell you I'm very militant, but <laughs> like, turmeric and tequila like, both sides. Yes, so it's like I can be very militant, but then I also know <laughs> how to talk to people about colorism and like I think that there are times where I'm less militant about colorism than I am about racism, but it's one of those things because I am trying to have a change and I am trying to talk to people who genuinely don't really know. It's not a thing that's talked about. So you can't go in like, why don't you know? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, no, because people really don't know and people don't see it as an issue or they don't understand that there's a like generational thing that has been ingrained in us and that it needs to be changed. So of course I'm going to talk to you about it. Of course I'm going to, you know, make sure that you understand, like, this is a real thing. This yeah. is a thing that needs to be discussed. And we try to be as, you know, nice, quote unquote, nice as possible in our panels. And like, really just, I always label everything as a candid conversation because that's what it is. We're not going to sugarcoat anything, but we're also not going to be yelling at you. You right. know, like, I'm not a sugarcoater. I'm not going to be like, well, you know, there's like a little colorism and like it's kind of bad like no like yeah. this is what it is but I'm also going to be nice about it and informative and not try to like shove it down your throat yeah and um I think once you realize that that's the best way to communicate with people that's what it is like I don't have a desire to yell at people about colorism right well, the communication piece and getting back to saying whatever that message is, like yeah. applying that with grace, which I'm also working on, is huge. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes over time. And again, self-awareness, because as much as you want to project stuff out to the world because you got messages, yeah. you got experience, we are constantly evolving as humans. And that's an imperfect yeah. process. Everybody's imperfect. Yeah. And I think once you realize that like people are imperfect, you're imperfect, like you move, like you said, with a different grace. Yeah. And you realize that like, you know what? 
I used to be like this person, or I had yeah. tendencies like this person, or I was different, but I was still, you know what I'm saying? I still had these kind of flaws two years ago. And it's like, okay, well, how did people deal with me? Yeah. Or how did the, the message get across to me the best way? And I think when you deal with things, especially personally, it's, and you overcome them, it's easier to talk about them with grace. Because you're like, I've moved on, but there's other people who haven't. And I need to be there to help them to move past it as well. And to educate people that like skin bleaching is a problem. Yeah. This is an issue. Like I was talking to a woman. She was like, what are you talking about? People bleach their skin. Like, I can't be like, are you serious? You don't know that this is (laughs) a thing? Like I had to be like, so let's talk about it. You know, like open up the window, be very graceful with her. And like, because... People aren't faced with it. So, like, if you're not faced with it, I can't fault you for not knowing. Like, no one is who doesn't know about skin bleaching is being like, is skin bleaching a thing? Like, that's not happening, you know? But now that we've had the conversation, maybe she will Google it and see how big of an industry it is and see how crazy it is that people are doing this. So, um, that's my whole purpose is for people to have conversations beyond the conversation that I've had with them and beyond the conversations that we've had in our panels and to go out and just change the world. And you do that by educating people versus yeah. chastising them. Yeah. So, well, as much as you want them to listen to you, you have to listen to them. Or yes. you agree. And that's just good life metaphor. It's just what it Shit is. That we're always you have to know both sides to yeah. have an informed, educated opinion. You have to know what the other side is saying so that you can either learn from it and be like, okay, well, I didn't know this was their view. And now I do. And it may have some truth to it. It may not. And but you still have to know that so you can respond to it yeah. and respond to it with grace. Like if you if they come at you with something you don't even know, and then now you're on the defensive and you're just like yelling, versus if you know and then you're like, okay, so I can have an educated, informed response for them, and then they may think like, oh, well, I thought she was going to yell at me and she didn't. Yeah. Okay. And well, that, that itself can change, you know, their yep. positioning for it. Um, well, so, yeah. you have a lot of work for, cut out for you. That's real. No, but no, it's okay. I mean, I think, you know, w- with great ability comes great responsibility. Yes. I think you can, you know, manage and handle that. So I'm wishing you all the luck. Thank like you. Like I said, I can't wait to check in in six months. Please check Raven out. Follow Thank what she's doing. Thank you so doing. much. Thank uh, you so much for having me. This you are been so amazing. welcome. Yes. I'm so glad we met. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I saw your shirt. I was like, Tulerick and Tequila. She's all over. Oh, I'm branded everywhere. <laughs> we haven't even got started on the clothing thing. But when I do it in a fashion, I'm going to ping you. Clearly, you Please have enough do. to do, but I'll pick you up. Let me know. Please let me know. Uh, Hit me up. We're well, we now connected. Yes, I know. Cheers. Appreciate it to, to the good word. And Tequila and Rosé today. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Raven. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.